Genesis chapter 12. We stopped on verse 4. And today I want to read verses 5, 6, and 7. Amen? Let's read it together. It says, And Abraham took Sarah his wife and Lot his nephew and all their possessions which they had accumulated and the persons which they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Moray. Now the Canaanites was then in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said to your descendants, I will give this land. So he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. I want to talk about this morning, let go and let God. Amen. Trusting God when it doesn't make sense. Part four. Amen. Trusting God. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, trusting God when it doesn't make sense. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue on in this series on trust. And uh, when it comes down to trust, we have to know something about God. Um, have you ever seen the hand of God? orchestrating things in your life. It's amazing sometimes because sometimes it can go unrecognized. A lot of times God is working in your life and you don't even know that he's moving and shifting and, and, and reconstructing and, and positioning you in places that you never thought it would be for your good. One of the problems with the sovereignty of God is that uh, frequently it does not appear that God is in control. Sometimes it looks bad. Sometimes it looks as if, amen, God is nowhere to be found in your circumstance. Sometimes you're looking at your situation and you say, Pastor, I hear what you're saying to me, but it just does not look the way that I thought it would look. I thought that serving God, amen, would be a little bit easier. Do I have anybody? Has that ever happened to you? The moment you walk by faith, amen, it seems like everything starts falling apart. Do I have anybody? It's amazing because sometimes we can't understand, amen, why would God allow so much difficulties and so much trials in your life, amen, and yet, amen, you're, you're saying to me, as I said last week, you hear the pastor say, trust God. Trust God, trust God, amen. And sometimes, amen, when it does, it just, things just doesn't make sense. I mean, you're saying, you're trying to make sense of it, but I promise you if you would step back, saints, and just look at the backdrop of what where God has brought you from, you would realize, amen, that God is doing it again. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's doing it again. Amen. Oftentimes you don't see it, but he's doing it again. He's turning things, he's shifting things, and he is positioning you in the place where he wants you. Today I want to continue. Today I want to continue to take a look at the life of Abram. I want to look at Abram's life because in Abram's life, 
everything in his life to me doesn't make sense. I put myself in his shoes and I'm standing there thinking about the fact that he started off in Ur of Chaldeans. He started off in Ur and God had told him to go to Canaan, but yet he did not obey God. He followed his dad. I've told you the story. He ended up in Haran and he stays in Haran for 40, for 25 years. And there he is in, 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 in uh, Haran, and he's, he's, he's hanging out in, Har- in Haran, and he's picked up pagan ways. He's, the society has infected him. A man who heard from God but never followed God. Do I have anybody? Isn't that what happens sometimes? Amen. Most of the time we've heard from God, and then oftentimes after we've heard from God, we have not acted upon what God has told us to do, and we find ourselves stuck in our situation. Anybody here this morning feels stuck in your situation? I told you the last time, Amen. If you're going to trust God, I told you the first thing you have to do is you must believe God. Whatever God says, you must believe it. Amen. I told you secondly that you must believe God's word. God's word, amen, can be trusted. Next thing I told you is that you must obey God completely. God told Lot, he told told him, leave your family, leave your relatives. Well, what does he do? He brings Lot along with him. Lot, who became a lover of the world. Lot, amen, who brought more pain to, amen, to Abram than anything else. Lot, the same Lot that was supposed to be a blessing ended up being a curse to him, amen. Not only that, but I told you that you must not be afraid of new beginnings, amen. If you're going to trust God, saints, you cannot be afraid of new beginnings. God is a God of second chances, Amen. But you and I must not be afraid of new beginnings. We find here in our text that Abraham now is middle-aged. He is prosperous. He has settled in, but he's thoroughly pagan. May I say this to you? Just because your finances is good, just because you're, amen, amen, everything is going well in your life. If your relationship with God is not as strong as your financial portfolio, something is wrong. Do I have anybody? And for us, we know we got more God than we got money. Do I have anybody? Amen. But oftentimes, amen, it seems like we cannot trust God. Because it does not make sense. Look at verse 5. It says, Abraham took, Abram took Sarah, his wife. Watch this. Lot, his nephew. I want to show you something. And all their possessions, which they had what? Accumulated. And the persons they had acquired in Haran. It seems to me that Abram had influenced, amen, over other people. So the people, he's stepping out on faith. He's getting ready to go, and he's taking everything that he had acquired in Haran. Do I have anybody? The text says, and they set out, now he knows where he's going, to the land of Canaan. He was supposed to be there 25 years ago. Somebody here, I want to tell you something. You should have finished school already. Amen. You should have 
Amen. You should have went on to the next level already, but it's taken you a little longer than expected. But I want to tell you something. Doesn't matter how long it takes, you got to remember what God has for you. Amen. What God has for you is for you. Whatever the Lord has planned for you, you may not do it now, but eventually you will do it. Do I have anybody? The text says that he set out for the land of Canaan, and thus, the Bible says, they came to Canaan. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, they made it. Do I have anybody? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I hope you make it. Amen. They set out to Canaan, and what they could not do with their daddy, they did with God. Come on, somebody. What they could not do with family members, what he could not do on his own, he did with God. But here's what I want to share with you this morning. Just because you end up in the place where God wants you doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy after that. Do I have anybody? But, but, but I want to tell you something. Abram brought all of his possessions with him. He brought all the people with him. Amen. He brought prosperity with him. But you got to remember this. Don't put your trust. I'm not saying Abram did this. But don't put your trust in your possessions. Come on, somebody. In people and in the prosperity that you have acquired in a place where, watch this, where God had told you don't stay very long. Because oftentimes, we say we trust God. Remember I told you this? But we got one hand behind our backs. We say we're trusting God, but Abram brought all this possession. What if he would have just stepped out with nothing? The Bible tells that Jesus told the disciples, when you go out, take what? Nothing for the journey. Do not take any money belt. Don't take no food. And don't even bring an extra change of clothes. Just go where I tell you to go. Can I tell you something? That's what you call extreme trust. When you're trusting God, when it doesn't make sense, it means that you're not connected to anything from your past, that you don't have a reserve. You don't have, come on somebody, you're walking out by faith and you're trusting God completely. I find it interesting. That he gathered all this stuff, his possessions, the Bible says, that he what? Accumulated. And the persons and what else? And all the things that he had accumulated in Haran, here he is stepping out, walking, amen, going to the place where God tells him to go. My question is, what if he would have left it? What if he would have left all that stuff? Would he have still went? I promise you he would have. Amen. But, but I just thought I'd put a pin right there. It's not a point. It's just a pin. Amen. Put a highlight there in your Bible and say, listen, don't trust in your possessions. Don't, listen, listen, don't trust in your what? Possessions. Because from the time you put that money up, something can go wrong the next day. From the time you put that money in that envelope, and you say, I'm trusting God. <laughs> Amen. An alternator going to go out. <laughs> go out. Amen. A gasket can go out. Amen. Something can happen where God will what? Wipe you out. Don't, listen, don't lean too much on that income tax now. 
If you're not planning to tithe off of it, God will take it. Am I right about it? Because you know how we get around income tax time. We got our possessions. Come on, somebody. We, we, amen. We, we, we're bigger than life. But listen, God says, trust me. How can, I, how can I trust you with more if I can't trust you with the 10? Amen. So Abram got all his possessions. You got to be careful that we're not holding on to the things that may hinder our complete trust. If you're going to completely trust God, you cannot have no backup plan. You can't have no backup plan. You have to have the only plan. And the only plan is to say, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what it looks like. So I got four things I want to share with you this morning. The Bible says they got there to Canaan. I love how the Bible just drops us, how the writer Moses just drops us right in there. It says he set out for the land of Canaan, and thus they came to the, to the land of Canaan. But watch the text. Look what he says here in verse 6. He says, Abram passed through. Now notice, he got there. Now remember now. He was here in Ur. He was supposed to go to Canaan first. Canaan is over here. He went to Haran. He stayed in Haran 25 years. Now he heads to Canaan where he was supposed to be in the first place. And, and, and can you imagine them walking into Canaan like, wow. Now let me just tell you about Canaan. Canaan was what the Bible says, a land flowing with milk and honey. See, some of you, you were born in America, so you don't understand what it means to come from another place and touch down in this United States of America and see all the big cities and buildings and all of the blessings that you were blessed with from the day you were born. You may have been born in the ghetto, but you were born in America. I wish I had somebody. And, and so, oh, man, I thought I would have an amen right there. Watch this. You don't even know how blessed you are. There are people trying to get to this country because they've heard about Canaan. They've heard about, amen, the big grapes, and they've, they've heard about the fig trees, and they've, they've heard about the Bentleys and all of the, oh, I wish I had somebody, and the beaches and the, amen, and all of the blessed things that America has. But I want to tell you something. There's something about Abram that trips me out. It, it intrigues me, I should say. He comes into Canaan, and the Bible says he passes through Oh, I wish I had somebody. Some of us would have stopped by the local bakery. Some of us would have went by Papa Do's. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Some of us would have went by, hallelujah, all of these nice places. But the Bible says, watch this. The Bible says he passes what? Through the what? The land. You know what he was doing? He was collecting intel. He wanted to know, hallelujah, what he was walking into. May I say this to you this morning? Every time, just because it looks good. Just because it looks good. 
you better find out why it looks good. Because in this land, flowing with milk and honey, it still needed to be purged of its sickness. It still needed, listen, people come to America. I'm going to go back there again one more time. But they didn't know that racism exists in America. Come on, somebody. They didn't know how tough it is that everybody is for themselves, that nobody's looking out for nobody. Listen, you were king where you were. Now you got to work at Burger King. You seen coming to America? Amen. If I can bring an illustration for you. Amen. You were king where you were. Now you're working at Burger King. Different kingship. Mopping the floors. Amen. It looked good. Listen, it sounds good, but when you get here, the reality of it, and sometimes the things that you desire the most, when you get it, you realize, man, is this what it's all about? So watch this. He walks through the land as far as the site of Shechem. So, so this is Canaan right here. Canaan is huge. So he goes through Canaan. He comes down and he camps right there at Shechem. But watch the text. The text says he came to the site of Shechem to the oak of Moray. Now, I was tempted to overlook that. I was tempted to just read over it and say, oh, it's just, uh, he just, you know, you know. But, you know, I'm a little bit curious. You know, you know how I am. You, those of you who've been here a while know, know, how, know how I get a little curious sometimes and how I, I, how I observe everything, and especially in the text. And watch what the text says. The text says he came to the oak of Moray. Now, you want to write this down. The word moray means teacher. That's what the word means. The word moray means fruitful. So therefore, the Hebrew name moray derived from the verb varach, which means to teach or to direct. It indicates one who teaches. So I started saying to myself, I said, what, what does all this mean? He comes to the land, and rather than go to Gucci, I wish I had somebody, rather than go down to the Galleria and hang around the stars this week, I wish I had somebody. He said, ah, see, see, here's the thing. Oftentimes when we're saying we're trusting God, the first sign of prosperity is where we drop our balls. The first sign of prosperity is where we get so happy about the prosperity, we forget the bigger picture. That may be a distraction. He walks through. Canaan. I'm going to say it one more time. And he comes to the place. Now, the moray was the place, watch this, where the spiritual teacher would come and give advice. Give me my first point. If you're going to trust God when it doesn't make sense, 
the first thing you got to do, even when you get to the place of prosperity, somebody here, you've been wise in your own eyes. You've been leaning on your own understanding. You have yet to call your pastor and say, Pastor, what do you think I should do about this? Because you are so spiritual, I wish I had somebody, that you don't need nobody. But here, here's Abram, the father of the faith, the father of the faithful. And here he is, rather than camping by Neiman Marcus, rather than checking into the Ritz-Carlton, he goes to the place, Moray. Turn to them and say Moray. And he seeks what? He goes to the place where he could get what? Advice. That's why you're here today. Lord, I don't understand what's going on in my life, but I came to church this morning to get a word from you. God, I don't understand what I should do right now, but I came this morning to Moray. Thank God that I got a Moray. Thank God that the Bible says the oak of Moray. Now, do you know how strong the oak wood is? Come on, somebody. Oak is a fine wood. And so it tells me he who finds God, he who finds wisdom, finds treasures. I wish I had somebody. Listen, if you're going to trust God, it's not just this thing that you got to do. It's something that you have to strategically seek out, and that is spiritual advice. Lord, what should I do? They finally got to the place. Can you imagine them walking through Canaan? And it looked like Disney World. Like a child walking in Disney World like, wow, look at this beautiful place. But, but their leader had one thing in his mind. Lord, before we get caught up, I'm going to show you here in a minute, watch. Before, we, before I get caught up, Lord, let me seek some advice from your word. Let me go to the teacher, to the place where the teacher teaches. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to show you something. They were all pagans in this land. Watch this. Watch the text. Watch the text. The text says, the text says, hallelujah, to his holy name. The text says, now the what? The, the, now the Canaanite was what? Then where in the land? The who? The Canaanites. Uh, I just told you something. I'm going to say it one more time. The who? The Canaanites was where? Now, let me tell you about the Canaanites. They were not nice people. The Canaanites were ungodly people. The Canaanites represented hostility. The Canaanites represented danger. The, the Canaanites, amen, was a problem to Abram. But I want to tell you something. If you're going to trust God, the next thing you got to do is this. You got you to know this. You got to stay strong no matter what you see. You got to stay what? Strong no matter what you see. Because oftentimes when you're trusting God, it's not going to look the way you want it to look. But you got to stay strong. Can you imagine? They walked through the land. They thought it was going to be all that. But what they realized, watch this, God could have removed the Canaanites. 
But God left. Sometimes God is leaving your enemies there so he can, listen, so he can strengthen you. Sometimes God is allowing some stuff to happen in your life so that, guess what? You wouldn't think it comes that easy. But I want to tell somebody something this morning. If you're going to trust God, no matter what you see, you got to remember you're in the right place doing the right thing and God is going to take care of your enemies. You don't have to fight. You don't have to get troubled. All you got to do is stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Bible says that here he is. I found it pretty interesting that he pointed out that the Canaanites were in the land. Turn to your name and say the Canaanites in the land. He's in that land. They're in that land. And watch this. Watch this. We may think, watch this, trust God. We may think God, watch this, told me something. You may think that, man, did God really tell me to come here? Yes, he did. I find it interesting that God could have wiped those people out. But he chose to leave them in the land. Amen. Sometimes God will leave your enemy there to keep you honest. And you know what? Not just honest. Keep you on your knees. Keep, listen, you want, listen, you want that bad boss to leave. You, you wish they'll quit. Come on, somebody. You, you're trying to figure out why are they bothering me? Why not you? You see, because there's some things that God is trying to get your attention on, but he can't get it the regular way, so he's got to go through some different means to get you to do it. Do I have anybody? Text says, the text says, Abram, hallelujah. Was Abram concerned about the Canaanites? Nope, he was not. You know why? Because he went to the right place first before he took inhabitants of the land. He went where? To Moray. I wish I had somebody. Watch the text. The text says, look at the text. Look at the text. Look at verse 7. It says, and, and the Lord. My goodness. And what? Isn't that amazing? The Bible says, now watch this. Throughout Abram's journey, God had never appeared to him. God had always spoken to him. <laughs> now God, what? Shows up. Watch this. God's presence was with him. Here he is. Hallelujah to his holy name. The Bible says, and the Lord did what? Appeared to him and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. What was God doing? God was reaffirming to him, John, that no matter what it looks like right now, I'm God. And, and watch this. I made the promise, and I know that when you came to Canaan, he said, watch what he said. He said, I know it doesn't look right right now, <laughs> my brother. I know, I know it just doesn't look right right now. But guess what? You better trust me. You better hold on. Listen, God will show up, watch this, to give you comfort, to let you know that it's going to be all right. Next point. Not only, not only must you, hallelujah, stay strong no matter what you see, the next thing you got to do is what? Stay committed to God no matter how it looks. 
No matter how it looks, saints, stay committed and you will experience the presence of God. Do I have anybody? Do I have anybody? God reaffirms his promise to Abram. Listen, God is saying to Abram, Abram, it looks like it doesn't belong to you right now. Somebody here this morning, I want to tell you something. It may not look right now like it's yours. It may not look like you're winning right now. But, but I want to tell you something. The God you serve, hallelujah, can fix it. Do I have anybody this morning? The God you serve this morning, hallelujah, is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. But you got to stay committed no matter what you see. And sometimes, hallelujah, it looks bad. Sometimes, yeah, you're wondering, God, how? I don't see the possibilities. Lord, these enemies are all around me. My money is funny. It's been a bad month for me. It seems like stuff is not working the way I want it to work. But you got to hold on to the promises of God. God has told you that he will and he's able. Do I have anybody here that understands that he's able? He's able to do what he says he'll do. Do I have anybody this morning? I want to tell you I feel real good this morning. I feel good this morning because there are times in this journey when it doesn't look right. But I believe in the God that made the promise. God appeared to Abram. And God said to Abram, Abram, to your descendants, I will give this land. This was a prophetic vision. See, Abram did not know how God was going to show up, but he showed up. And what did he show up and say to him? He said, Abram, I'm going to take care of you. Don't you worry about what you see right now. It looks bad. It looks tough. It looks indifferent. Don't you ever say, neighbor, never quit. Never quit. Did he give up? He didn't give up. But, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The text says, after God appeared to Abram, the text says, so he built an altar there to the Lord at Moray, at the place of teaching. He built, that's really the church, you know. He built an altar there. Now, I did me some research on what an altar is. And it's funny, you may want to write this down. First of all, an altar requires sacrifice. It's number one. But an altar, watch this, was a place of worship. The altar was a place of testimony. And the altar was a place of communion. You see, all through Abram's journey in this land, he built four altars. 
since his call. This was his very first altar that he built. Saints, I want to tell you something. When you don't know what God is doing and when you don't know what's going on and when you can't trust him, you got to come to the altar. And when you come to the altar, you will be in his presence. You will commune with him. You Listen, you will worship. It's at the altars where you worship. It is also at the altars where you throw down your burdens. So let me show you something. If you're going to trust God when it doesn't make sense, the last thing you got to learn to do Last thing is stay in the presence of God. Notice, God appeared to to Abram, and Abram built an altar. The altar was made of stone, and an altar here is built for sacrifice. But this altar wasn't for sacrifice. This altar was to commemorate the presence of God. May I say this to you this morning? If you're going to trust God, you can't hit or miss. Yeah, I know, I know sometimes you want to sleep in. But when you come to his presence, that's where you get your deliverance. That's where you get a word from the teacher to say to you, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, Pastor. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Listen, Abram came to the place where he knew he would meet God. There's a lady who lived in the boondocks, and she didn't have no electricity. But she wanted it. She called the electric company and they made arrangements to come out there to run the lines so she can have the benefits of electricity. After delivering the electricity to her for almost six months, someone from the company noticed that only one unit of electricity was used. So they sent a serviceman out there and say, you know, ma'am, is everything all right? I mean, you know, you asked for electricity, you got it. Are you, you know, what's going on? She said, well, she, you know, are you using it? She answered, she said, yeah, I'm, I'm using it. He said, may I ask you, you know, what you using it for? She said, well, when it gets dark, I turn it on so I can have enough light for me to light my kerosene lamp. And then I shut it off. See, this woman didn't understand the power she had. I wish I had somebody. She had all the power, amen, that could keep things well lit all night long. But watch this. But she settled, come on, somebody, for a kerosene lamp. You have to understand the power that you have when you trust God. When you trust God, (laughs) you have the power to light up some stuff. I wish I had somebody. Many Christians are settling and taking this great power that God has given them, watch this, only to light their own human efforts. 
they are not maximizing the power that God has given them. Listen, there's power in trust. And today, you may, listen, you, it may seem confusing because when you trusted God, listen, it's happened to me many a times. I've trusted and then I'm expecting and what I expected didn't come. So I had to say, now, now did God tell me that? I mean, was the, you know, I mean, you know, but God will show up at Moray. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to reaffirm to you. And he's going to affirm to you, you did the right thing. God says to your descendants, I'm going to give you this land. Don't you worry. The Canaanites are in the land. God could have wiped them out. But God says, don't you worry. I'm going to take care of them. Because what I have for you, oh, I wish I had somebody. So as I close today, I say to you, seek spiritual advice. Stay strong no matter what you see. Stay committed to God no matter how it looks. And lastly, stay in the presence of God. See, there's a difference between how, it's, how you see it and how it looks. Two different pictures. Sometimes what you're seeing and what you're looking at is two different things. But when you stay in his presence, God will begin to open up. And he's going to begin to reveal to you, saints, what I have for you.